Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Hey, what do you call it? Sad? A sad strawberry. A blueberry. You know, I had a fun childhood. My brother used to push me down the hill in, inside of a tire. Those were good years. I, uh, I had an elderly preacher tell me one time, a guy who'd been a pastor for a while, he told me, sometimes you have to preach the announcements. Okay? So I'm going to take a couple minutes and I'm going to preach an announcement. A few years ago, I was in my basement working out with Bob Stetz, and we were, uh, we were lifting weights together, and, and we were dreaming about how we could make an impact on our community. We have a target audience. If you hang out through uh, uh, Discover and through um, yeah, uh, Volunteer Lab and then through Essentials, you'll, and then membership, you'll get a feel of what our, our target is. We have a target. Our target is 25 to 35 year old men. There's a reason why we have that as our target. We reach other people. Other people are included, but that's our target. And the reason that's our target is because, well, I, I'm not going to take time to go into it, but that's who we're trying to reach. If you can get a 25 to 35 year old man, you can get the next generation for Jesus, right? So statistics prove that. So here's what we were dreaming is how could we be a blessing to 25 to 35 year old men and uh, at that time, I had small kids. I was closer to 35 then. And I had small kids. And, and I was trying to do something on Labor Day weekend. And on Labor Day weekend, uh, there was nothing to be done in Cleveland that I wanted to take my small kids to. <laughs> and it was a ton of money for anything you could do. And there was nothing worth doing. So we started dreaming about what we could do to make, you know, 25 to 35-year-old guys have something fun to take their kids to that they're like, oh, no, I have kids. How do I deal with life? You guys get where I'm saying. <laughs> I, I now have kids. Oh, no, I didn't know I was actually going to grow up and become a man. I, oh, what do I do now? And they freak out, and that's why this church exists, to help you through those moments. So um, we decided we would do something. We decided we'd throw a party for them so that they could take their kids to the park, and they would have free food, they would have free games, and they would uh, be able to run around and play games and listen to kid-appropriate and listen to live music and dance and play and then get really tired while they watch the fireworks and then go home and dad could put the babies to bed because it was all free and they had food and they had games. They were fed. They were entertained. They were tired from bouncing the bounce houses. He could put the kids to bed and mom would look over at him and say, oh, you're such a great guy for taking us there. And he might, well, anyway... might be ministry. <laughs> Husband and wife, of course. It's all right within marriage. And then that guy would never have anything bad to say about Jesus or Harvest Ridge Church. Come on. We can have some fun, right? That's the vision behind Harvest Palooza. The vision is to minister to our community without asking anything in return. 
to show the love of Jesus to people who would never darken a church door. We go to their, where they are, so we go to South Central Park. We go to their neighborhood. We go to their places, their spaces. We give and ask nothing, and we show the love of Jesus because we want them to experience God's love and live a better life. Right? So that's why we put Harvest Palooza together. It's a dream to minister to people who wouldn't come to church and to show the love of Jesus without asking anything in return. Now, we have three stated goals for Harvest Palooza. Stated goal number one is give Jesus a good name in the community. And you can't do that if you're grumpy. Right? So we ask those who show up and give Jesus a good name at Harvest Palooza, we ask you to have an attitude of love, acceptance, and smiles for every person you meet. Right? So, first of all, we want to give Jesus a good name. Second of all, we want to give Harvest Ridge a positive name in our community. We want to be the church that when you're talking to your neighbors, oh, you're the ones that do Harvest Palooza. Right? By the way, we put on the best fireworks show of the year. The reason we put on the best fireworks show of the year is we invest the money, but we also pray over them. One goes up, three explode in the sky. I'm still convinced it happens. Loaves and fishes happen every year with our Harvest Palooza of fireworks. I'm convinced. Now, and then last of all, we want to give you an opportunity to experience the joy of serving. A lot of people in this world, they don't really know that giving without taking is a joyous thing. And we want to give you that opportunity. So, here's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to sign you up for Harvest Palooza. This year's going to be different. In years gone by, you could sign up late. That's not happening this year. You're going to sign up, and you'll be signed up by August 22nd, or you're not participating, period. We're not going to make our workers, our, our leaders, our team leaders, scramble around last minute anymore to accommodate people who are too lazy to sign up on time. Did I say that? So next week, starting next week, we're going to have sign-ups. They're going to go live the, the first. We're even going to have stations out in the foyer for you to be able to do it at the hub right out the back door. That'll be next week. We're going to sign up for four weeks. By the way, if you sign up online, sign up, sign up in advance, you get the new Harvest Palooza shirt, which we will unveil for you next year. The yellow is done. Next week. Next week. No, next week, sorry. I said next year. Sorry about that. All right. Now, all that, what I wanted to do is I wanted to say this. I want to say God's given us an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus with people. I've got, you'll hear more. I, I, ha, I'm a, I have to say this seven times. This is what advertisers tell me. I have to say this seven times before you hear it once. So you're going to hear this again every week. I'm going to talk about this every week because we have an opportunity to show the love of Jesus. And here's one thing I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Here's one thing you're going to do. When you're serving at Harvest Palooza this year, you're going to meet one person. You're going to learn that one person's name. You're going to write down that one person's name, and you're going to pray with them, pray for them for the next year. Just even if it's in passing, you're going to write down their name and you're going to pray for them. Here's the deal. I want us to go from here I am, Lord Jesus, I worship you to here I am, Lord Jesus, send me. 
Are y'all getting this? I, I might just have to just give you my sermon in two minutes and be done because I feel like preaching this because a lot of us, you know what? We, we got saved and we turned into saved consumers sitting on our butts every week, just participating by watching. But God's got more for you to do with your life than just to watch. He wants you to be an investor in his kingdom. He wants you to actually use your gifts, your talents, your abilities to make an impact on this world. And, and one of the things I want you to learn through Harvest Palooza is how to do something and enjoy it. And you will enjoy it, trust me. So we'll sign you up and you'll get a chance to do it. You're going to learn one person's name. You're going to pray for him because you're a minister to the world. Come on. You are the one that leads people to Jesus Christ, not me. Come on. I'm just a preacher. I stand up here on Sunday. You're the ones that do the real work all week. I believe in you. God believes in you. It's about time we start taking ownership of the kingdom of God rather than leaving a couple of guys' hands who are overworked. So... We're going to show you how Harvest Palooza has grown over the next couple of years. And we're going to show you back in the day. This, I believe, is the first year we did video. And we're going to show you a real quick video from what year one looked like. changes my wife made me lose those glasses <laughs> all right y'all ready if you got your bibles open to galatians chapter 6 galatians 6 i have an introduction i'm gonna skip my introduction all of it i'll come back to it later how about that all right good galatians 6 verse 1 would you stand to your feet in honor of god's word brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit. Remember, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Flesh versus Spirit. Didn't we talk about that? Yeah? All right. So you people who have chosen to follow the way of the Spirit rather than the way of the flesh, you should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves. I love that line right there. Watch yourselves. Come on. Come on. Anybody ever get arrogant to think you're too good? Anybody ever think, my, my wife one time, one time said to me, and I'm going to throw her under the bus. She said to me, you know, I'm a good person. I don't sin like everybody else. <laughs> it was a long time ago. She was being self-righteous. And, and you know what? She got thrown under the bus by herself really soon after that. And she saw how sinful and dark her heart was. But anybody, anybody ever, anybody ever like, Come on, the person that needs Jesus probably more than anybody else is the grumpy church guy. You know, we think the sinner with the tats and the messed up life and the drug abuser needs Jesus. No, I, the person who needs Jesus probably more than anybody else is the self-righteous church guy that judges everybody else and always grumpy about everybody else. Watch yourself. Because pride is the sin that got Satan kicked out of heaven. It wasn't drug abuse, it was pride. Right? 
And I'm not approving either one, just in case you're wondering. Are you ready? Watch yourselves. Or you may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, <laughs> there we come back to grumpy church guy again. Superioristic church woman who's just sharing about it in, in the name of Jesus for prayer. i got to tell you all the details. So we can pray about <laughs> I grew up with those people. There's none in this church, though. <laughs> if anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Now, each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride. <sighs> they can take pride in themselves. There's a difference between pride and pride. Pride is that I'm better than someone else. Pride is I am happy and proud of what God does in me and through me. It's different than I'm better than you and I'm thankful for what God does. Take pride in yourselves. So they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else. And this is the line of the whole text. For each one should carry their what? Each one should carry their own load. Father, I pray that you would add the blessing to your word today and that we would hear and respond in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Turn and give somebody a big smile before you're seated. Let them know that you like them and that you're happy to see them in church today. I did so much work on this sermon. I've got... Nine minutes. I got an hour I could talk. I've got nine minutes. I'm going to do it in nine minutes. Y'all ready? Can we just walk through this text? Can you go back so I can see it on the screen? Can you go back one slide? Uh, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about somebody, flesh and spirit, somebody that's followed the way of the flesh, right? Now let me talk about what sin is for just a second. I, I've said this before. This is something I'll say to you. Ten thousand, ten million times. I'll never get tired of saying this because a lot of us have a wrong view of what sin is in this world. Sin is missing the mark. It's an archery term. Archery term. So like if my wife throwing that axe would have been six inches lower, she would have missed the mark and I would have had an axe in my forehead. And we know that would not have been good, right? Well, if Pastor Garrett hadn't been so good. Anyway, uh, it's a trick of the video, trust me. But um, that, the axe, if, if you throw an axe and you miss the mark, let's say that were a real scenario, and you miss the mark, I would have an axe in my forehead and that would be a problem, correct? Well, so it is with life. God has a best plan for you. He's got a desire for your life that if you will pull off his desire, you will be you will be happy with your life, you will be satisfied with your life, you will be contented with your life, and you can take pride in your life. But what happens is, is God's best plan for us, sometimes we're not heads and we live in the flesh and we do the other, right? The drunkenness, the orgies, the other. We do the anger, the outburst, the gossip, the slander. We do that. When we do that, we miss the mark. When we miss the mark, Notice all of those things don't just affect you, they affect everybody else in your world, right? Anybody grow up in a household where somebody in your household didn't follow the mark of living a spiritful life and they lived a life that was other? If you've ever talked to anybody that grows up in a house like that, they will tell you that the pain spreads to every other person in the house. Am I correct? Amen. 
right? So this is, if someone is missing the mark and, and they've gone, they've, they've started doing things that are destructive to their family and their world, you people who are trying to do it the right way should ignore them and gossip about them. Is that what it says? No, you should do something. You should restore that person and tell them how horrible they are, right? No, you should restore them how? Come on, say the word with me. Gently. All right? So the title of my message today is We Should Love One Another. I got a lot to say about this, and I've been trying to say it all summer. But the fact of the matter is we live in a culture that Christianity is not viewed as we love one another. It's viewed as we judge one another. And listen, that's not denying that people sin and they need help. That's not denying that. But there is a way to do it without being a jerk. Jesus met people like the woman at the well. And when he left the woman at the well, she didn't go off saying, well, that Jesus, he's a real jerk. What did she do? She ran off and said, hey, everybody, come meet this guy. He's amazing. What I want for Christianity is for us to go back to, come meet these people. They're amazing. And that doesn't mean we don't call sin, sin. Sin's still a sin. It's wrong. But you need to watch yourself so that you don't get caught up in their sin. Now, me and my wife, we understand this because the first 10 years or so of marital counseling, a couple would come into our office. They would be fighting about something. And they would, they would, (laughs) he would accuse her of something and she would accuse him of something and they would fight about it and we would leave that counseling session and she and I would go home and she would accuse me of doing what he did and I would accuse her of doing what she did. (laughs) Anybody ever been there? Yeah, it's called, yeah, we didn't know how to handle it. We didn't know how to draw the boundaries and the, the barriers we need to. We didn't know how to let their problems be their problems. We internalize them. And, and sometimes when you're trying to help people, you become codependent with them. Hey, listen to me. If your kid is 30 years old, living in the basement, doesn't have a job, doesn't want a job and smokes pot all day, and you're still giving them money and a place to live, you are now to blame, not them. right? It's not their fault. So we need to be careful that we don't get caught in a codependent cycle when we're trying to help people. And then he says this, carry each other's burdens. This is interesting. I I won't go into detail, but, but basically carry each other's burdens. It means like a truck drops on you. (laughs) That's, that's what it really means. It's like there's this truck that drops on you. And I know it says carry each other's burdens, but in the grief, what it really is saying to us is to lift the burden off of them. Because anybody ever been in a situation where your life just overwhelms you and you just can't even look up? If you've ever been there and somebody comes along in that moment, says a word of encouragement, brings you a meal, does something, pray with you, take your kids, you know, we, uh, my, my wife broke her leg in like 45,000 different places one day and she's now the bionic woman with plates and pins and screws and all that kind of stuff. And somebody took our kids while we took her to the hospital. Can you imagine me running around with a nine month old <laughs> in the hospital? 
what, a a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and a nine-month-old in the hospital while my wife is is laying there with broken pieces of her legs and I'm trying to fight with the doctors to get them to get her a bed that's comfortable and all that kind of stuff. Could you imagine me having to deal with kids in that moment too? It would have been rough, right? Yeah, but some people loved us, surrounded us, took care of our kids in that moment. I could give you a dozen times people have done this to me. Boulders have fallen on me. And you know what? They were there and they helped me lift those boulders. But what happens if a boulder falls on you and nobody's there? Well, there's a guy. His name is um, Aaron Rolston. And on April 26, 2003, can you show his picture? He was uh, doing a solo descent of Blue John Canyon in southeastern Utah. And he dislodged a boulder, pinning his right wrist to the side of the canyon wall. After five days, he was able to cut off his own arm with a dull pocket knife and make his way through the rest of the canyon. He survived, but he doesn't have an arm because when something fell on him, nobody was there to lift it off. Can you go back to that verse of Scripture again? We are, those of us who live by the Spirit, occasionally boulders are going to fall on us. It's either going to be through our own stupid sin or it's going to be through a death in the family or an accident that happened, but a boulder's going to hit us. Do you know a boulder's going to hit us all at some point, right? Everybody's going to have a boulder, right? Everybody. Put yourself in a position in a life group and in the body of Christ where there's somebody there to lift the boulder off of you. And those of you that you can't lift everyone's boulders, be open to lift one person's boulder. If you can't do it for everyone, do it for one person. Put yourself in a group where you can take care of that group. That's why we have life groups. Put yourself in a small group. Come on, I'm preaching vision here this morning. Put yourselves in a small group where it's your turn to lift the boulder. You lift the boulder, and it's your turn when the boulder falls on you. Somebody is there to lift your boulder. We got a lady in this church. She she gave this testimony a couple years ago. She said, I've been in a life group for years. And I took dozens of meals to people in my life group and I babysat and I did all that kind of stuff. And I was like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Nobody cares. I mean, it's just a meal. What does it matter? And she said one day she had a boulder fall on her. And and her testimony was that when her life group came over and took care of her kids and they brought her a couple of meals, she stood crying as she told me how much it meant for her to have somebody there when she needed them. We are the body of Christ. If you're isolated and alone, if you're watching online and you're isolated and you're scared to come to church, you should be more scared that there's going to be a boulder fall on you sometime. Get in a small group. 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 Get a group of people around you so that when the boulders fall, you've got somebody there to help you. And so when somebody else has a boulder fall on them, you can lift their boulder off of them. Now, lifting boulders is our call. But that's not the end of the call. Because, can you go to the next verse? The next verse, verse, uh, I believe it's verse 4, says, If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, and then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should do what? This is not a call to codependence. This is a call to helping people in times of crisis. Actually, the description of carrying one another's burden is different than the description of carrying one another's or carrying your own load. You see, there are bolder moments in our life, but all of us have a backpack. 
Now, a backpack is your daily cares, your daily activities, your daily, we need to be strengthened and mature that we actually carry what is ours to carry. Some of you have great big backpacks because God believes you have strength of spirit. Some of you have little bitty backpacks because you have yet to mature yet or have yet to get married yet and yet to have kids yet, yet to get a job yet, and your backpack is still little. I know you think it's big, but it's little. Just wait until something really big happens in your world. And then you'll realize you can carry a whole lot more than you think. But we all have a backpack. And the call of Christianity is this. You ready for this? It's to be diligent in you taking care of yourself so that you're healthy to take care of those others who need help when the moment calls for it. But you cannot be healthy at helping anyone else if you're not dealing with your own grades at school. If you're not dealing with paying your own bills. If you're not faithful at taking care of your own household and your own marriage and your own body. Right? So God gave you a backpack. And part of Christian discipleship is this. You act like a stinking adult and carry your own pack. Do you know, it is not healthy to carry your pack and somebody else's pack up the side of a mountain. But it is healthy when you carry your pack and they carry their pack and you run into a snag, the two of you can work together to fix it. Tell you a story. And I'm done with this. I was 12 years old. I was going up Mount Baldy in uh, Colorado. It, Mount Baldy was about a 14, I think it's one of the 14,000 foot peaks. And I had a 50 pound backpack. I was 12 years old. And I know some of you don't believe this, but when I was younger, I was a chubby little kid. I weighed about 130 pounds and most of it was belly fat because I hadn't hit my growth spurt yet. I was little. I was short and rotund. That's who it was. And they put a 50-pound pack on me. Guys, did you get the dimensions I was talking about there? And I walked seven miles up the side of a mountain at 10 to 12,000 feet carrying a 50-pound backpack as a skinny little pre, or as a, a chubby little pre-prebescent. That's difficult, right? So I'm winded, so I got to stop a lot and rest. And I needed to carry my own pack because we were spending three days up there, three nights up there in four days. And I had to carry my, my tent and I had to carry my backpack or my uh, sleeping bag and I had to carry my food, had to carry my canteen and all the stuff to fix it. So I had a lot of stuff in my backpack, right? And I'm going up this side of this hill and I'm dying. Now, Stephen Weehunt was one of those guys that had never done an ounce of work but could count every ab in his belly. Stephen Weehunt was the cool guy of the youth group. He had this long blonde hair and he was cool and all the girls loved Stephen. Because I mean, you could, I mean, there were things to count. He, I mean, he just had a great personality. He was one of those guys. Stephen Weehunt was athletic and he's like marching up the hill, joking around, turning around, walking backwards and talking to us. And we're like, I'm back there going. <laughs> Anybody ever been in a situation like that? So anyway, here I am carrying my own pack. And I'm not ready for my own pack. It's all I can do to carry my pack. 
So I'm dying. We come to a spot to rest and you're supposed to drop your pack before you sit down. On the side of that hill, there was about a 60 foot drop off. Like that. Wasn't like that. It was like that. And there were, there were not even a lot of trees growing on the side of that side of the hill. And there was a log right along the path. And I was so tired, I didn't even think. I just walked up and I plopped down on that, on that log with 50 pounds this way and little me right here. And I went, come on, y'all know what I did. As I'm heading back, Stephen Weehunt reached over, grabbed me, and yanked me back off the log. And I am here today, alive, <laughs> mostly in one piece, because somebody was there in a moment when I needed them and paid attention. My daily backpack overwhelmed me and I was going to take a fall. And some of you today, you're in both places. There's some of you, you're, you're bolder in your pack or whatever. You, you're just ready to go over the edge. And there are others of you, you're like Stephen Weehunt. You got this. You're like jogging up the side of the hill. Here's what I want you to do. I want those of you that are struggling to realize it's all right to ask for help from those that are spiritually healthy. And I want those of you that are spiritually healthy to realize we've been talking about we don't, we don't live by the law anymore. The law is obsolete. But can you back that up one slide? Back that up one slide. I want to show you down at the bottom. It says, carry each other's burdens or lift the load off of each other. And in this way, you do what? Fulfill the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is that we love one another and we take care of one another. Guys, God has called you to not just be a spectator in the kingdom of God, but a participant. If you're in need today, there's some people in this room. Don't you walk out without talking to somebody because there's people that love you. There's probably the person that smiled at you and they'll pray with you. And if you're in this place today and you got to run so fast so that nobody talks to you, stop it. Actually start and be a part of the body of Christ today. Jesus, I pray today for those that are overwhelmed. Maybe the boulder has fallen on them. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would lift it. We talked about that early in this service. And God, I believe you wanted to do something in the heavenly realms that until we entered the presence of God, we were overwhelmed. But when we entered the presence of God, you encouraged us, strengthened us, you gave us a new vision. There are some people that they needed that today. God, there are others that they, they need to be in a small group. They need some people just to love on them and pray with them. Not to be codependent, just to be a friend. And then there are people in this room today, everything's going good for them. Cause them to slow down and look for somebody around them. That they would pray and love and care for the people who are around them. In the name of Jesus, we pray.